0: Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast.
1: I'm Philippe Cousteau from Earth Echo International, and you're listening to Out of the Blue 855 AM 3CR's Marine and Ocean News Program.
0: I'm a Good morning and welcome to Out of the Blue on Sunday the 1st of March. First day of autumn, it feels like we haven't even experienced summer this year. You're listening to 3CR Radio, 855 on your AM dial, or you can have a listen from our website, www.3cr.org.au forward slash Radio Blue, from where you can stream our broadcast and you'll also find a number of previously aired episodes. Um, And you can also find us on our Facebook page at Out of the Blue Radio. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land 3CR is broadcasting from and pay our respects to their Elders past and present and to future generations. My name is James Whitmore and, on, and today's weather is mostly sunny with a top of 32 degrees and a cool change in the evening. Out on the bay, northerly winds to 15 knots before shifting to southwesterly and there's a strong wind warning. As always, please take care if you're getting out into our beautiful bays or waterways in the state of Victoria. Today, I'm joined in the studio by Fam Charco. Fam's been a presenter on Out of the Blue for four years. um, And sadly, this is one of Fam's last shows with Out of the Blue. Hi, Fam. It
2: sure is. Yeah. Hi, James. How are you feeling? (laughs) Oh, a little sad, to be honest. Yeah. It's been a a really good four years. So, um, yeah, leaving. But I I feel like I'm leaving it in your capable hands. Oh, good. Uh, Yeah. Look, I'll try
0: not to destroy (laughs) the joint. (laughs) (laughs) As it's FAM's last show, we're going to actually go back into the beginning of FAM's career as a marine scientist, talking a bit about her internship at the Great Barrier Reef Marine Park Authority um, and the time she punched a shark in the face. Um, it's a great story. Um, and don't worry. The shark lived.
2: <laughs> I love animals, people. I yes, promise. Sam
0: does love animals. <laughs> um, I do not
2: go around punching animals in the face randomly. <laughs> we're going to hear
0: all about that in just a minute, but we're we'll back right after this brief announcement. radio codes of practice.
2: The codes of practice cover matters relating to program content, including local content, news, current affairs, Australian music, programs for children, and the responsibilities associated with broadcasting by and for the community. They also cover aspects such as community access and participation in the operation of this station. Copies of the code are available from the 3CR website. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash who we are.
0: You're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR Community Radio, 855 on your AM dial. Um, We're in the studio with Fam Charco, who's um, sadly leaving us from Out of the Blue, but she's been presenting Out of the Blue for the past four years. Um, But we're going to go back in time to when Fam first arrived in Australia um, and started an internship at the Great Barrier Reef Marine Park Authority in far north Queensland. Um, Fam, what brought you to the authority?
2: Oh, well, I had the luminous idea of wanting to specialize in marine biology while studying at a completely landlocked university (laughs) in the Netherlands. Amazing. (laughs) So, and I didn't want to leave that place because it was really great. And I was really enjoying living there and studying there. But um, yeah, I had to get out of that place. You know, it was quite a a small town and um, I was kind of trying to make it work by scrounging some um, subjects from uh, fisheries departments and um, animal um, zoology departments and things like that. So I applied for the internship, and I was actually really, really lucky to get it because when I spoke to my supervisor later on, um, she said, "Oh, yeah, your application was uh, one of 150, and uh, you were the person with the least experience." Oh my goodness! Well, amazing. (laughs) Yeah, but she recognized um, because she had the same situation as I had Mm. when she was at uni Uh, in Germany. Same thing: landlocked university and wanting to study uh, tropical marine biology. So. Yeah, she recognised herself in in my cover letter and so I got really lucky. But I was there as a a pair of interns, so the other person thankfully had lots of experience (laughs) in aquariums. Yeah,
0: so you can learn (laughs) about that. And when was this?
2: Oh, this was in 2004. So I was, uh, yeah, 22-year-old. You
0: you're just out of, fresh out of uni. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so what, no,
2: it was part of my master's. Yeah. yeah. So I was still in uni, technically. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I came over for a six-month internship at mm-hmm. Reef HQ, which mm-hmm. is a really wonderful aquarium in Townsville. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's owned by the Great Barrier Reef Marine Park Authority. And what's really special about that aquarium is that it has a big coral tank and it has a part of the Great Barrier Reef in there. Mm. So it's two and a half million liters of water, but it has a piece of coral reef with all live corals. None of that, you know, fake fluorescent Mm. painted um, The stuff you see in fish shops. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) None of that. It was all real corals and it was open to the elements. So we would actually get coral spawning in Mm. the aquarium every year as well. At the full moon or whenever. Yeah, yeah. It's the first full moon in November. November, I think, Mm. so around Cup Day. Um, Yeah, so it was a really, really special place um, to be and and just really wonderful. And and what Um, were you
0: doing as an intern there?
2: Well, I was looking at um, growing coral nubbins, so so small bits of broken off live coral, and growing them uh, faster than they would in the wild by using electricity. Mm, So, yeah, we were looking at potential... the, the potential to grow back uh, damaged coral reefs, basically, mm. in the wild with um, underwater currents, so electrical currents underwater. And they respond to that? Yeah, they do. That's amazing. Yeah, because it actually helps them get uh, the ions of, like, calcium, hydroxide and all that sort of stuff out of the water and incorporate that in their skeletons wow. much quicker than they would usually. Yeah. Um, so, that was really interesting. Um, but, you know, yeah, I was... I was pretty young, yeah, and dumb as a stick, if I may say so myself. And um, and there weren't just
0: corals in the tanks. <laughs> no, there so was
2: all kinds of stuff there.
0: We have to hear about this shark. Yeah, so there were also sharks in the tanks.
2: Disclaimer: I know it's not probably not very great for my career to be introduced as the marine biologist who punched <laughs> a shark in the face, but uh, yeah. So here's the story. Um, as I said, I was kind of fresh off the boat, you know, kind of naive, twenty-two year old. So. As soon as I got to Reef HQ, my colleagues who are all Australian tried all of the, you know, the funny stuff on me. Drop bears, tire snakes, <laughs> all that kind of thing. And um, my colleagues also said like, oh, you've got to be careful because in the predator tank, which was our shark tank with mm-hmm. lots of different species of sharks and, and all kinds of beautiful stuff. They said, um, yeah, so so Leo, the leopard shark or mm-hmm. zebra shark, as is also known. Um, yeah, he, he has it in for uh, new female divers Ugh. because one of my um, one of my jobs there was not just to do the research but also just to help with the day-to-day running of the aquarium. So, every every morning we would, you know, suit up and we'd be spending two to three hours uh, cleaning the windows on the inside of the tank so that mm. the tourists could see, the visitors could see the animals properly. And we had a tunnel as well, so we had to make sure that tunnel was nice and clean. Um, so, you know, we'd be diving in there for a few hours every day and uh, and they... <laughs> now, Leo, the leopard shark, he was quite a character. Um, How big are leopard sharks? Um, this one was about, oh, I reckon, maybe two meters. Okay. Yeah, so they're, they're, they're not, they're, they're not they're, huge, but they're sizable. They're still sizable. Yeah, yeah. they're sizable for sure. And um, leopard sharks are actually quite easy to keep in captivity compared mm. to other sharks. So it's, it's a very popular species for aquariums. Mm. Um, absolutely beautiful animals but Leo was uh, he was a bit of a dirty old man yeah yeah he um he was quite old already Mm. um but that did not stop him to try and make little shark babies with the female leopard shark in the tank and what they do is is they'll grab onto the tail of a female and then twist her around on Mm. her back that's part of their mating ritual and then you know they, they keep her there for a little bit and then they mate And uh, unfortunately, Leo uh, is kind of shooting blanks by that stage. He wasn't really, I mean, there were eggs, but they never hatched. Mm. Um, He was too old, I think. How old was he? I'm not sure, but, you know, too old to really be fertile anymore. And, uh, but that didn't stop him from, you know, harassing that Mm. female so much that we actually had to put her in a different tank Mm. to give her a rest because they don't have like big teeth, like big shark teeth, but, but you could see the wounds on her tail just because he was doing it so much because she couldn't get away from him in that tank so that was pretty rapey and not very great Um, so we put her um, somewhere else for a while to rest and then my colleague said oh yeah he, he tends to single out the new female divers and try to you know have some hanky panky with you, and this of course, is wild. <laughs> I called BS straight away yep. because I just I just went through the whole tire snakes and drop bears circus.
0: Yeah, they think they're, they're winding <laughs> you up. Yeah, you exactly.
2: Know. And even my colleague, um, who was doing her PhD at the time, she's like, "Oh, yeah, well, actually, he grabbed me once by my calf. Thankfully, she was wearing a wetsuit uh, oh. and tried to turn her around. And I was like, "Oh, is she in on it? That's yeah, be exactly.
0: Be That's right. Yeah.
2: yeah. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> so one of the first times I jumped into the predator tank to clean um i was cleaning this shell of of our sea turtle lucky uh she loved having her shell cleaned mm. so i was kind of like sitting on my knees um a fully uh deflated obesity on the on the uh, sand of the predator tank and i was cleaning lucky's um shell with my little cloth and and you know when you, when you're wearing a dive mask you can't really see like the 180 you don't have that wide angle vision because you're wearing your dive mask so i I I keep seeing something moving from right to left in my vision. (laughs) And then again, a big shadow from right to left. Did you also hear Jaws music playing? Oh, in my head, it started (laughs) up a little bit because I was like, what is happening here? And I saw Leo and because I could only see him coming from my right side to my left side. And then again, I was like, he's circling me. Is he circling me? And he was getting a bit closer and closer and I didn't really think anything of it until... I felt a bump on my head, mm. the back of my head. Goodness! And I was wearing a hood, so you know you don't, you, you can't really move very much when you're all the way in neoprene. Um, yeah, and and the second bump on my head, I tried to look around, I couldn't see him, and and I turned around and I turned back to the front, and I could see his mouth just mm. coming at me straight for my face. And all I thought in that moment was, he's going to grab me by the face and he's going to try and turn me around. Yeah. But even though they don't have teeth like, you know, like you would expect on a shark, like they could still do a fair bit of damage. Because- what, what do they eat? Uh, they eat things like they hunt at night. Okay. So they'll eat crustaceans and like sea snakes and stuff that they find in hollows. Yep. So so they have like a crunching palate. Uh-huh. So it's, it's like nubbins and like, yep. so it, it's kind of teeth, but not really, but still really strong yep. because they have to be crunching crabs and things like that and shells. And I could just see myself be completely disfigured for mm. the rest of my life. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he would grab me onto you my face. You don't want a
0: crab treatment to your face. Yeah, or
2: like drown. Because yeah. if he would, if he would grab my regulator or mm. something like that, like so, I saw him come come towards me, and the only thing I could think of was to defend myself. And so I balled my hand into a fist and I punched him as hard as I could, square between the eyes. Wow. Um, obviously, that gave him a bit of a shock. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he swam away really really quickly he turned, and, uh, tail. <laughs> he turned tail he he swam away as fast as he could and he never bothered me again
0: wow so you like even after you'd go diving in this tank again leo's there but he just wouldn't come near you no. learned his lesson yeah
2: learned his lesson was on the other side of the tank when my i goodness. would get in and all i could think of was oh my god is that school school glass still there? Have they just been? <laughs> have I just punched a shark in the face in front of like sixty kids?
0: Did you Did you, did you find out?
2: <laughs> I never found out, but I was a little bit afraid. They to were
0: probably ask. very impressed, fam.
2: <laughs> oh no, that was not that was not a good day. But um, <laughs> did yeah. he try
0: it to any? Did he try it to any other? He women? always
2: would have a go uh, yeah. when there were new female divers, and that, that that's that just, just
0: extraordinary.
2: It freaks me out because I was. Right, so you go into this tank. You're completely dressed in neoprene, everything Mm. with the hood, so I couldn't even see my hair, nothing. So there were no distinguishing features that distinguishes a male diver from a female diver when you go into the tank. But somehow, these fish in that tank knew exactly who was in the tank at which time and if they were female or male.
0: That's that's just the most extraordinary thing about this story. I think it's just that you know he was somehow distinguishing between human genders.
2: Yeah, isn't that bizarre? It just and I thought it was a I thought it was a big coincidence um, until I made friends with another big fish in that tank, the Napoleon wrasse mm. or the humphead Maori wrasse called Wally. Mm. Um, so yeah, we'll uh, get to that story <laughs> after <Yes>. the break. <laughs> we're going to go
0: to a song. Um, this is Mariuna by Baker Boy. You're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR Community Radio.
1: I'm a brown, black, young boy with a killer flow. Listen to the air I hit, listen to it blow. Brother boys, younger boys, all the way from my homeland. a boy in the knife will die. This you now a young boy, Balanda Bulgu. The murder rang in my mind. I go. Naput kajatin, naputu ripu ko, walang maging maganda pa miyembro, miyembro, miyembro. Bubble in the machine lang yung ko. Triggers, mind blown, surviving, modern, human brain, greatest weapon in the globe child sustaining education, knowledge is understanding on everyone's shoulders, teaching yourself. Music is going. I'm using my mannequin The river is flowing, can you feel the wind blowing? Young yeah Me, all I've heard that So, Mariana, 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 City lights. The sound. Too much in my mind, but the quiet. And they just sound. and that is why I live and breathe and let it try before the end of time. you're not marching on your you can't go. I'm a ground boy with a killer Listen to the Listen to it go. Our music is going. I'm using my money. The river is flowing. Can you feel the wind blowing? I'm going to go to the market. I'm going to go to i
0: You're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR Community Radio. The song we just heard was Marijuna by Baker Boy.
2: The best. The best song. I love that song. (laughs) I think it's the most... I think it's the song that's been most played on Out of the Blue (laughs) over the last few years since it (laughs) came out. That's great. (laughs)
0: Baker Boy is just so good, isn't he? Yeah. I'm here with Fam Charco. We're talking about her path into marine science and her time at the Great Barrier Reef Marine Park Authority. We've heard how she punched a le- leopard shark in the face. The shark survived, and Fam is an animal lover. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you also had some other really interesting experiences with fish while you're at the Reef HQ Aquarium in yeah, Queensland. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think like you know, like most people, I I didn't know much about fish or fish intelligence because this is 2004, right? Mm. I mean, it's a while ago. So research. At that stage, when you were talking about animals and emotions and feelings, you were dubbed pretty much straight away as being, you know, as anthropomorphizing them mm. and like projecting your own emotions on animals, which is completely weird because mm. we, we have been living with animals for so long. And we know they have emotions, but science had not caught up uh, at that stage. I and mean, we would
0: never make that same mistake with pets, for instance. No, that's like right. We just we anthropomorphize them, them all the time. Yeah. We know they can read our faces you know, and we can read their emotions, so. Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. So, you know, science at that stage still needed to catch up. It's a, it's a lot better now. Mm. So, there's, I've, I've been really enjoying seeing the progression of science in, in those fields uh, over the last decade or so. Um, but yeah, the, the fish really blew me away because um, in their predator tank, Obviously, I was really fascinated by the fact that Leo could recognize female divers, you know, straight Mm -hmm. away. Um, And I actually made friends with a fish and uh, his name is Wally. Oh, he is what a the, good name! For a I fish. know, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had two humphead Maori wrasses, or Napoleon Rasses as they're also called, uh, in that tank—a male and a female—and it's really interesting because these wrasses they actually change sex during their oh. life. So when they they start out as females, and once they hit a certain weight mm. and a certain size, mm. they'll start transi- transitioning into males. Mm. Um, yeah, so Wally was this massive ras, and
0: how you got that? Cause they? Because these reef fish are really yeah, quite they're quite large.
2: large yeah, so Wally would have been oh, I'm trying to measure it with my hands here in the studio, maybe like a meter, nearly yep. a meter, I think. Yep. Yeah, and um, quite heavily so, built as oh, well. Oh, they're really stocky and mm. really fleshy, and um, they're the beautiful because they're this beautiful blue green. They have these wonderful um, patterns like uh you know those uh labyrinths you do in the paper mm. where you have to go from a to b yep. and find your way through the maze it's kind of that kind of pattern on their cheeks and their faces and are
0: they unique those
2: patterns i'm not sure i mean they must yeah. be yeah because they're so intricate yeah. yeah um and they're quite endangered in the wild unfortunately um but wally kind of took a liking to me in the in a, in a non-sexual predator kind of way which <laughs> oh how was refreshing very refreshing <laughs> um and um yeah, no, there was there was no uh, no sexual assault there, thankfully. Um, he just kind of took a liking to me, and I, I only just dis- I kind of discovered it while I was just you know doing my job every day, um, uh, just polishing the glass on the inside, getting all the all the junk off with my little cloth, and and Wally would just kind of hover at my shoulder and just look at what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it was so funny cause I, I would look at him and he j- just looked back at me in my, into my eyes mm. and they have these kind of like these bulging eyes that bulge out a little bit like a chameleon's and they kind of like <laughs> move independently from each other as well. So it was really funny when he looked at me. Um, and yeah, I would just, you know, make my way throughout over the tunnel and, uh, and he would just follow me around and yeah, we ended up just becoming mates and he would always seek me out when I was diving and just hang there and, and, and a few times cause I was wearing gloves. So it was fine. Like I, I would pet his hump cause he's got oh. this like big hump on the forehead, you know, cause he's a male and, yeah. and he would just get all like, um, he would just like, um, shiver his fins and kind of oh. like swim up and down real quick. Like, like yeah. he was getting a bit excited for being petted. It yeah. was quite lovely until I realized, Oh, I don't actually know what I'm, what kind of fish language I'm speaking if I'm rubbing That's his true. hump. So yeah. I might just refrain <laughs> from that now. But, um, yeah, and, and uh, I had a, uh, a boyfriend at that time who was also a marine scientist. And uh, after hours, we were just locking up the aquarium. Everybody had gone home. And I was uh, in the tunnel on the other side, just in my uniform and uh, standing there with him. And, and, I was, and, and Wally was kind of like hovering on the other side of the glass looking at me. And, and I said to Dave, I said, this fish recognizes me. Like, we're mm. buddies. Like, he's like a cat. And Dave said, oh, BS. You know, he's like wonderful in his Queensland accent. <laughs>
0: Fish don't have feelings. What yeah. are you talking it's about? He's like,
2: what the hell? You know? <laughs> and I said, I swear, I swear he recognizes me. And, um, and I said to him, well, let's do an experiment. And I said, you know, you just walk down the tunnel, right? Just walk down the tunnel, walk to the end and then walk back. Um, so he did and, you know, just nothing happened. And, and I said, so watch this. So I walked down the tunnel and Wally was just following me on the other from the other side of the glass and he followed me all the way to the end of the tunnel and then back again and it just opened parts of my imagination mm. you know like what mm. else else you know because same thing you go into this tank you're covered head to toe in neoprene how does he recognize me mm. without all that stuff on me on the other side of the glass mm. what Isn't do they amazing? see that we do not yeah you know, yeah. do they, I don't know, do they read our energy or like... Body you know, language. What? Yeah, or um, do they look at the shape of us yeah. rather than, you know, or our height or how big we are?
0: Yeah. Or, or the oils that we must release into the water. Yeah, you know, but how not... do
2: you get that on the other side of the glass oh, when true. you're, you that's know? That's true, like... that's, yeah,
0: <laughs> that, that doesn't, yep. Yeah, <laughs> that so, work at all.
2: yeah, and I think the last time that I um, really was blown away by fish intelligence was when we had to train our clown trigger fish in the other <laughs> tank to stop biting divers. Yep. Uh, So in the coral, oh my God, he was the worst, Uh, but it was our own fault because, you know, we accidentally trained him like that. Mm. So um, clown trigger fish, we only, we could only have one and he was not in the predator tank. He was in the reef tank. So in Mm. that really big, beautiful, live coral reef, Uh, but they actually eat shrimp and crustaceans and things like that. And the tank was not big enough to hold a sustainable population of those Mm. animals so that he couldn't hunt for himself. Um, They're also fiercely territorial. So we could only have one. And I don't know if you've ever seen a trigger fish up close. No. But their teeth, you know, oh, because these, they these crush. actually have teeth. Yeah, yeah, because they have to crush crustaceans. Yeah. You know, that's their diet. But these are
0: quite small fish. Aren't yeah, they? they're
2: quite small. He would have been about, oh, 30 centimeters okay. across. But his teeth were like way out of proportion so, for a thirty centimeter. <laughs> a small fish,
0: fish with a big bite.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, but we had to feed him, so the divers would go in. You know, mm. we would go in and we would bring some, uh, just some prawns for him. Mm. Um, so it didn't take long until he started associating divers going into the tank with getting food because Mm. it was you know specifically his food and then he got pretty aggressive because as you are feeding him from your hand all the other fish would try and get a bite as well Mm. and try to steal his food so it was kind of pandemonium every time we had to feed him and he started really associating divers with food so he ended up Starting to snap at our fingers, uh, you know. Even yeah. if you didn't have food, you were just there for something else. Uh, so it actually became a bit of an OHS problem <laughs> for us uh, because his teeth uh, were massive. That's I love a-
0: OHS at aquariums. The yeah, idea, <laughs> yeah,
2: it's very different from the office. I yeah. can tell you that. Um, so what happened was my my colleague, who was, uh, as I said, who was very experienced in mm. aquariums. Um, uh, she loved animal training. She's like, oh, I got an idea. So we built this little cube out of PVC, just small PVC pipes with some shade cloth over it. And we made a little door in it. So it's like just this box, really mm-hmm. a cute box. And uh, we would sink it down. Then we would open the door and inside from the little ceiling, we would hang, we would just like pull apart these paper clips and just hang the uh, his food on there, the shrimp. And then somehow we lured him into the first time we did it, we had to lure him into that box and mm. keep the door open, and then he would eat the food. It took him, it took us three goes to train him to come towards us. When he would see the cube, he mm. would come towards us. We'd open the door, we'd do a hand gesture and point to inside. He would swim in, we would close the door, he would eat his food in peace without getting harassed by all the other fish. And then when he was done, We just opened the door and he would swim out and leave. God. It took three times to get him to learn that behavior. is incredible? Yeah, it's amazing.
0: We just totally underestimate them, don't we? I know, because he learned then, of
2: course, he learned to associate the cube with food and not our fingers. And so the divers were safe from then on. Oh,
0: my goodness. Yeah. I would love to... It's like I'd love to see a fish show. I mean, apparently, you know, (laughs) like a dog show, but with a fish. Yeah, not like
2: Ray Hunt. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not like Ray Hunt. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm we... Thank you so much for all these stories, but we're a bit out of time. Yeah, Um, That brings us to the end of another show for another week. Thank you, fam, for telling us all these amazing stories about how you got into marine science. Um, And also thank you for all your work here at out of the blue telling us Important stories about your work on pollution and keeping us up to date with all the latest ocean news.
2: Oh, it's been such a pleasure. I'm going to miss you guys, but (laughs) but I'm going to be back. Yes, yes, we're definitely (laughs) going to have you on
0: as a guest. And you're also moving on to um, another um, really important um, piece of ocean communication. Can you tell us where you're going?
2: Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to Radio Marinara (laughs) from now on on Triple R, so you can catch me on Sundays from nine to ten a.m. And I'll be uh, joining their amazing panel of presenters there. I always see uh, Radio Marinara because Radio Marinara and Out of the Blue was started by the same mm, people, mm. and so Out of the Blue was first, and so I always see Radio Marinara as kind of like you know like the the really smart, overachieving younger sister, whereas mm. Out of the Blue is more like you know the radical older sister <laughs> with the septum piercing and the half shaved hair. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm it's I'm, a lovingly I'm deserve- competitive relationship. It is. It is. That is lovely, and the team is great. Um. So. I'm looking forward to it yeah
0: so catch up with fam on radio marinara if you have time you've been listening to out of the blue on 3cr community radio 855 am sally is up next with out of the pan and enjoy the rest of your sunday
1: that you-